coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Don't get Camozzi on. He's going to pirate our whole show. What, what the hell? Where are you? Yeah, I'm in the uh, I'm in the urgent care. Yeah, what happened? Feels like you're in a hospital. Uh, I don't know. It's some infection going on in my uh, middle finger. It's about ready to blow off. I don't know. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the doc, John. Good to see you. That's what we're called, Pitmaster and the doc. But anyway, we got a special guest today. Um, he's not only a good uh, personal friend of mine, uh, but he's also one of uh, the best. Most sought after and most prolific. I've never even used that word before, prolific. <laughs> but anyway, the most prolific fight trainers in the whole MMA community, Mark the Animal Montoya. Well, you gave me the animal. Look at you, Hawk. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for all the kind words, man. It's, uh, and you it's know, awesome I'm a, to be on your show. I am a... Uh, I'm a uh, I give people nicknames and they stick. Oh, so the animal is my nickname now? It is now. Sorry. Tell your wife. <laughs> nice. Tell your wife I said you're welcome. Hey, my wife's right here. She's looking at me going, the animal? What? Yeah. what are, you, are you serious? I am serious. Just what I heard. Not from her, <laughs> but from, uh, from Dreamy Eyes. But anyway. Dreamy Eyes, yeah. So let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about a couple of things. Say hi to the wife. Um, well, I think tell everyone where he's at. He's sitting here. He's got oxygen behind him. He's got a, a he, phalmoscope or something behind him. Oh my God! You're wait a second. He's he's life or death. He's he's in in a, a life or death situation, but he's willing to come on our podcast anyway. That is unf- the animal. Thank you. So okay, being one of the top now UFC trainers. MMA, uh, even kickboxing trainers on the planet right now, uh, Mark the Animal Montoya. Um, where did you get your humble beginnings? Tell me your, your martial art history from your very first lesson to right now. Yeah, so my martial arts history basically started, uh, I was born and raised here in Denver, and I started boxing as a young kid and wrestling and that's where it started i enjoyed i enjoyed both of course but um i i used to tell my mom because i i went to my mom and said hey can i box and she said heck no you're not boxing and i said come on mom you know i begged her and she just kept saying no i told her i was actually playing basketball and i'd run the railroad tracks from my school to the boxing gym which was about a five mile run each way and I'd run there and I'd box and then I'd run back and then she thought I was playing basketball for months. That's how it was. And then I didn't think this through though, as a young kid, because, um, when my coach said, Hey, it's time to compete. Let's go, let's go do a boxing match. Your parents need to sign off this waiver and obviously get you there. I didn't, I didn't think that through. So 
I had to go, instead of ask for permission, I had to go ask for forgiveness. So that's where the boxing thing started, but I loved it. Did she um, sign it? She did reluctantly. She was pissed, but uh, mainly because I I wasn't being forthright with her. But I was like, well, you weren't going to let me, and I wanted to do it. So here we are, you know. So she um, she signed it, and I went and did that. And she came to my boxing match, and she sort of watched out of the corner of her eye. And, you know, she was never – she was a big supporter, but she was never, you know, 100% all in on that. But I was. So that's where it started is I, I – um, wrestled and boxed and then I actually played team sports in high school when I started doing that I didn't I didn't uh really compete in any martial arts in high school and I got a scholarship to play college baseball so I went and played college baseball and when I was done I was just you know super competitive anyway but I was looking for something to do and I was actually up at about it was about one in the morning I was watching ESPN2 and ISK Strike Force Kickboxing came on. You guys remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, so that came on and I was watching and I, and they had a Muay Thai fight on there. And I was like, "Oh, wow." And this was in 97. And I remember I remember watching going, "Man, I would love to do that." And so I watched it and then that that next day I just looked up a school and it just so happened to be close to my house. And I went over there, and actually, the likes of uh, Dwayne Ludwig, Brad Gum, Oscar Martinez, Dave Ruiz, those guys that had some. Um, actually, Brad Gum was in the UFC uh, temporarily, fought Shoney Carter, um, but those guys were there, and it just the the gentleman that owned the gym. It was called Champions. He was way ahead of his time. He had a cage and a full ring. This is in this is in. Um, he started that in 96 so I was there late 97 early 98 so that was um that was where I started I started training in Muay Thai and just loved it and and I remember thinking man this is amazing and for whatever reason um they all they asked me to teach right away you know few four three four months in and I was like man I'm not I don't know shit you know and they're like no you're a lot better than you think and so I started coaching and um, and fighting, and that's just kind of how it started. And then I remember watching, I remember reading Kung Fu Magazine, and they had a full-page ad in there, and it was uh, it was Vut, uh, Cam Nark had a, um, ad in there, and they basically said, um, if you'd like to come train with the Thais and do all this stuff, then you can register for this camp in Clearwater, Florida. And I was like, okay. And so I remember cutting out the um, little mail-in postage thing that you do to say I wanted to, to train and compete with, with them, and this was uh, in 2000. And about two weeks later, I got a call from a Thai guy that barely spoke English and asked me if I'd like to come out and train and fight for them that week, and I said absolutely. And that's, that's really where everything took off was uh, in that 98-2000 time period. Yeah. Then, okay, so you went there, and then... Yeah, so I go there, and they asked me to compete, and they asked me what weight class I wanted to fight in, and I said 57 or 62 at the time. I said I'd do either. And so they said, um, awesome. And, you know, I could barely understand Vut because he, he had a real 
thick Thai accent, and he he said to me, he said, uh, show up at, at 57. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And I showed up, and I see the biggest Thai guy I've ever seen um, standing across from me, and they had this little bathroom scale st- sitting on a carpet uh, hallway, and they, and they told us to step on it. I stepped on it. I was 57. He stepped on it. He was 72, and it was like, oh, no, you guys same size. I was like, we're the same height, but we're not the same weight, you know? And so I traveled all the way out to Clearwater on my own time and money, and I said, screw it, I'll, uh, I'll do it. And I ended up um, beating him, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we want you to, uh, we want you to fight and train with us. So um, that's how that started. And then uh, the rest is just me competing and, and doing all that stuff. And, yeah, did you feel that? So, guys, you want to take a look at this? What? She's, uh, she's getting she's getting my finger fixed up right now. See, but I told you dedication. That's unbelievable! I can't believe you're doing that and talking to us what at the happened? same time. That's what you call you're an animal, bro. You are an animal. <laughs> Mark the animal Montoya. I remember sewing up your finger. You were not this calm. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Let's forget the past. Was Hack freaking out? I might have cried a little bit. Okay. We didn't film it, though. He wouldn't let me. Oh, we not let me. Hey. So. Anyway. Okay. So then you fought, and then you did well there. Now, let's fast forward to now. You're a trainer of champions. Who? Where did you get into... Uh, a gym did you buy a gym did you start training people yeah. out of a gym no good question so i was training with um brad gum and i was his main training part one of his main training partners when he fought shoney carter in the ufc and so brad gum actually had a started his own gym from the original gym that we were in called champion so he started his own gym and i came and and just i was just teaching for him part-time so I was, I was working full time. I was training and, and fighting. I had a family. And so, you know, back in the day for me, it, it was the money never justified any of it. I never did it for any of that reason. I just did it because I loved it. So, but you know, I had to work, of course, a full time job and I had a, I had a young family and all that. So I was teaching and training for him. And that's actually where Chris Camozzi and I met hack is, is, is at, um, Brad Gum's gym. I was helping him out, him, Chase Hackett, uh, Chase Hacker was in the UFC for a temporary time as well. And so anyway, they, um, those guys came to me and said, Hey coach, uh, Brad is, is, it looks like he's moving on. He's not going to be teaching anymore. And would you train us full time? And I said, absolutely not, man. I was like, I don't have time to do that. You know? And so, um, I told them to go look at the big gyms at the time in Denver grudge was a really big gym and had a bunch of guys and, so anyway, you know, there's three, four places we talked about. And so I told them to go look at the other gyms and they went around for a week and looked at them. They came back to me and said, hell no, we're not doing that. We want you to coach them full time. So, or, and so I went to my wife and I said, listen, these guys are adamant about doing this. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do this. I'm already working 60 hours a week as it is. And then training these guys. What were you doing? I was, I was selling commercial lighting. I was selling, um, Roadway and parking way, uh, parking lot lighting to utilities and municipalities. That's and a job. so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it make, you can make some real money there, Hack, you know? I know. Unbelievable. So, 
but anyway, I was doing that, and then I and then I just um, I said, listen, I went to my wife, and she was like, don't quit your day job. <laughs> she goes, yeah, sounds good. And I was like, you know, I actually get paid a little bit for doing this. And she was like, yeah, it kind of gave me the eye roll, you know, and just anyway. So I started training them. And that's where it all started. And, and we used to train in this little tiny, um, just strip mall, shoebox little spot. And and that's one of the reasons why the gym name is is called Factory X. Is one of my old strength conditioning coaches walked in and he was like, "Man, this is like a sweat factory in here because it was so small and hot and busy in there." Kind of like the pit. That's how the pit got. Exactly name. like the pit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. And that's that's where the factory name came from. Actually, is uh, is from that. And then, and that's where we started. I started with four fighters, and and Chris Camozzi was the biggest name of them all. He hadn't been to the UFC yet. He was fighting on the local scene, and so I started training him. And then you know, Chris and I did uh, did twenty plus fights in the UFC together, and now he's fighting in Glory Kickboxing. Yeah. When so you moved, how big is your facility now? Yeah, so we moved from a tiny little shoebox place, and we moved, we moved, we've moved three times, and we're actually getting ready to expand uh, here soon again. So we moved from those small spaces into a ten thousand five hundred square foot facility, but I don't occupy occupy all of it. I sublease to a CrossFit gym, and they. Um, basically take up about 4,000 square feet and we take up about 6,000. So, um, I'm getting ready though to expand over and either take the entire space now or, uh, look for a different spot. Um, it just depends on what's going on with the current situation, but yeah, we need more, more mass space is a good problem to have, but it is a problem. And, and, uh, that's what we're looking to do here in the next year. How many fighters do you have now training with you? So I train about, in total, I have 50 fighters. That's pros and amateurs. Um, and about 35 of them are pros. So, um, you know, I train, obviously, I'm the head coach of all of it. I have, I have amazing coaches and support staff from strength conditioning to, you know, our wrestling jiu-jitsu and, and uh, striking coaches. But, um, yeah, that's the total. And then we run a we run a... Factory X is a gym for students and, and uh, you know, just regular people off street and kids. And so, you know, it's a full-on facility for that as well. So we encompass that building and do and run both out of that. And my wife helps me with all of that. When you do, when you say you do both, so you, you, do you train as martial arts students in a belt system or more of a fitness or more of an MMA type thing? So a mixture of, of all the above, we have, we have striking classes, um, and you know, those are, those are more self-defense fitness. We have, um, MMA classes that are of course, um, for MMA. And then we have jujitsu that is a belt ranked, you know, the traditional belt rank system for jujitsu. So, uh, yeah, we have professor busy, uh, Mario Cohea. He's wait, professor what? Uh, we, we, we call him professor busy, but his real name is Mario Cohea. Yeah. He's a, he's a three stripe black belt, uh, amazing jujitsu instructor. So, um, yeah, but we, we train them for, for all that stuff. Do you, do you separate 
like the classes are those in the evening and then you train the fighters during the day so i do a mixture of the two i train some fighters during the day and then we train the bulk of the team trains in the evening and then the students and and children train um afternoon evenings and there's a couple there's a few morning classes for them as well yeah so it's a good mixture of everything so you actually have fight training going on during regular students so the, the fighters train at their own time um of course i wouldn't have our students train at the same time as the fighters but um they do train in the afternoon yep hmm, that's interesting and I, I always tried to avoid, like, my fighters train, like, right now, and then the students start at, like, 4 or 5, and my fighters train from, like, 12 to one thirty. Mm-hmm. So some of them I train in the morning or in the afternoon like that, um, but my team practice is in the afternoon where we have the bulk of the team there, and then the the children train before, and then open students train after so that's the uh we've had that dynamic for a long time and it's actually worked out well and the students like rubbing elbows with those guys and the fighters enjoy the students you know so it's it's a good mixture it's created a, an amazing culture and that honestly has been the biggest in my opinion the biggest reason for our success is just the culture that i started and these guys have continued to carry on when when did the time come where you came home and you told your wife, um, honey, I'm going to finally quit my day job? And <laughs> well, how did that actually, go? It's a good question. How did that go? It's a good question. So I was selling commercial lighting, like I said, that um, the territory for Colorado was changing. And they wanted to move us out of move uh, me out of that territory and either relocate or go somewhere else. Um, and I was like, I'm not moving. You know, I'm a fourth generation Colorado, and I'm, I, I love Colorado. I wasn't moving. Of course, the gym was creating some momentum. And so I went home and I asked my wife. I said, Hey, if I were to quit my day job, what are we in the red with what the gym's not bringing? In? You know, and she said about five to six grand a month. And I said, what? And uh, and she gave me that number. And I said, you know what? I'm going to jump both feet in and make it work and figure it out. And so I was kind of, I was put on the uh, the burner to just figure it out. And so I went in there and just put both feet in, man, and just started working hard. And, and she was looking at me like You're, I was insane. And I guess I partly was. But I knew, I just, have, I've always loved doing this. And and been really good at it. And, uh, and so, you know, now we're sitting at a point where I've been doing this for t- full time for a while. What's a while? How long have you been doing it? Uh, full time. I've been five years. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, that's a good deal. Do you make your bulk with the fighters? Do you, do you charge the fighters to train or percentages of the fights? So pro fighters, they they pay me a percentage, and then uh, amateurs and low level or early level pros, they pay you know monthly dues, and then of course students pay monthly dues. So um, that's how that's how it goes. The 
the revenue is about split down the middle between students and children and then fighters. That's it's about a 50 50 split. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. Well, I'm just curious where, so you've been doing this full time five years. Where do you see yourself in five more years? What are your, you have goals set on the horizon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I ask my fighters to make goals, I have to ask them too. Probably my biggest goal is that I told my fighters about six months ago, I said, in the next five years, um, we are going to have five world champions, which is uh, a lofty goal. Um, but I like lofty goals because that that's not easily achievable. And, you know, I've won three world championships with Joe Warren and Bellator, and I've lost all three with him as well. So um, that's that's the that's one of the uh, lofty goals that we have. Another goal that I had since the day I walked into the facility that we occupy now is that I wanted to have that entire facility as just ours, and I didn't want to have to sublease it to someone else. And so that's another goal that's happening um, with expansion and growth. And those are the two major goals that I have on the horizon right now. So what when you see your gym and you see all those belts, those are all past past uh, belts from your guys. Yep, yep. Those are those are all my fighters. Um, those are belts they've won. We actually have more belts that we have to um, hang on the wall. So, but yes, those are all from their achievements and. I like showing that uh, just to them and everybody that, that, you know, goals can be set and goals can be achieved and those belts hanging on the wall are, are all from believing that and, and their hard work and sacrifice. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to see when you see your gym. Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that picture. I think it's in one of his videos, oh, come on, huh? uh, just on YouTube or something. You, the guys training in the gym, you just see him in the background, but there's a whole wall of belts on the... So those guys, they just leave them up there? Is that... Um, they do, yep. They bring them in, leave them up there, and, you know, it's part of it's part of their legacy. That's know? pretty so, cool. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool deal that we have. Yeah. All right, so... Guys, my finger's feeling, my finger's feeling better, funny. Did they open it up? Yeah, they opened it up and some blood came out of it. I'm not sure exactly what's going on now, but it's getting better. <laughs> You're a pretty cool character. <laughs> I it wasn't. I didn't like cry when you did the stitches. Were you crying, huh? Were you crying? It, no, I wasn't crying. It was he's being. Uh, I didn't even say that word. I don't know what you're talking about. You're <laughs> All right. So, how how often are you home now? You must travel a shit ton. Well, you know, Hack, my wife says, whomever I'm with, she either says on social media or via text to tell me hello, so that tells you how much I'm home. Um, it's not a lot. I haven't been home a lot. Um, that's that's not an easy deal, yeah. but it is part of the it is part of it, you know. And, it, and to be honest, you know this as as well as I do, uh, Coach. That. I didn't really foresee all that at the beginning. You know, I didn't foresee all the traveling and traveling across the world and all that stuff. I, I really didn't see that. And so that wasn't, that wasn't something that I was, um, I foresaw at all. But as I've gotten into this, it's just, it's a huge part of it. And, um, it's definitely a delicate balance between, you know, my fighters at home and of course my family and my kids and, and all that stuff. It's a delicate balance, but 
you know, it's it's something that we've been doing and, and continue to be successful with. So, but it's definitely a challenge. Yes, it is. Um, how many kids and how old? So I have two kids. One, my daughter is 14 and my son is 10. My daughter just went to her fresh into her freshman year of high school uh, this year. So that's a little scary too. So I'm trying to stay even in better shape, hack, grow bigger muscles just for all those boys. Well, you have to, you have to, you have to be able to intimidate your girlfriend's, your your daughter's boyfriends. You have to. Fact. That's a fact. There's, there's a damn fact. I've had to, I've had to, my daughter, my oldest is 38. Okay. And, and Chuck and I chaperoned her eighth grade dance. Perfect. I'm going to do the same damn thing here coming up in homecoming. A month you have to be able to, yeah. And But anyway. Yeah, I think one of my first memories of Mel and John was he came to my daughter's six, sweet 16 birthday party, and I think he intimidated every boy there. So it was great having him there. <laughs> Perfect. I agree. That's the best thing to do, right? Yeah, it is. So what? Um, who is your favorite MMA fighter of all time? My favorite of all time. Besides um, your own. Besides your own. Sure. I would say my own. I would say my own, of, of course. But um, my favorite of all time, probably BJ Penn. BJ Penn. I like, I like how, um, how well-rounded he was for as early as he was in the game. And I just loved his attitude uh, when he got in there. He, you know, whether he was licking the blood off of his gloves or... He's in there just steamrolling guys across the cage. I always loved him. Um, Chuck Liddell was one of my favorites uh, just because he was so dynamic. And, he was, you know, if he touched you even close to the right in the right spot, you were going night night. So I would say I would say those two guys. But if I were to gun to my head, had to pick between those two, I would say BJ Penn. Yeah, How about you guys? Uh, well, besides my own guys, uh, it would be, uh, it would be, uh, that's a tough one. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're it. You got your own guys to think about. I never, I never thought of who my favorite guy would be. Well, come on, Hack. You can't do that to me. Okay, I'll tell you. (laughs) Okay, Leonard Garcia. Leonard Garcia. Oh, I love Leonard Garcia. Leonard Garcia. He's a savage. He's the, a savage. He, he's the Arturo Gotti of uh, MMA. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, why I is. love him. He was the fucking Arturo Gotti of MMA. He was that's, probably my uh, favorite. He's, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's a trailblazer for sure. That's <laughs> another reason why I love BJ Penn and Chuck. They're trailblazers in the sport that we love. And without Leonard Garcia and chuck and and you know bj and all the other guys that that were in that era without those guys we just wouldn't be where we're at and I, i'm super thankful for all those trailblazers and and you included coach you know yeah, um thanks. as a coach with in your position with what you've done and all the stuff you know being a trailblazer like that is is not is not an easy position so yeah, thanks, you know man. you've helped pave the way for guys like me and i'm super super appreciative for that well, oh, thanks, man. you um, you you obviously got guys in your gym everyone's heard of, but who do you have coming up that we're all going to hear about 
in the next couple of years? Do you have people that you just look at and are just awed by that are, aren't known yet? I do. I, um, I just had a couple kids win their contender series fights that just received UFC contracts. Um, one of which was Ian Heinish. He's a day one kid. He trained from his first day with me and now, um, is in the UFC. He just, he's a kid to definitely look for. Uh, Devonte Smith is another kid that just won in the contender series and was awarded a UFC contract. He's another, um, amazing talent coming through. Um, I've got an I've got another kid. He's from Morocco. Actually, he's lived in Colorado for I think the last ten years. But he his name is Yusuf Zalal. He's a he's a five and zero pro. He's got five finishes. He actually fought two fights in in like fourteen days. One one up a weight class. Took a took a fight for LFA on literally two hours notice. He's got five finishes. That kid's amazing. Um, look for that kid. Um, Brandon Roy Vall, that, that kid is an amazing talent. He's, he's an up and coming kid. Sid Bice, another amazing talent. Um, I got an amateur, two amateurs actually that are really going to make waves here in the next couple of years, Markel Medeiros and Brian Mitchell. Um, so some of those kids coming up, you know, the crop coming up has to be as thick as the people that you guys recognize. And so, uh, for me, that pipeline has to stay growing and and be even better than the kids that are that are in the big leagues now so um that is just as important to me as as the ufc guys are and how is it any different with your day one kids these kids you've taken from nothing or from actually from kids to to fighting does that change how you feel about them when you're in the corner or anything else i mean you've seen these kids i know for john we see he has kids with him that were in the kids' class that now fight, it's just uh, yeah. from four years old. I have a kid that's five and zero. Oh, is a he's turning pro and he's been with me since he's four years old. So for that's me, awesome. just as an outsider, it's cool to see those kids because then I see the kids' classes going on, and you look at these kids and think, you know, where are they going to be in ten years? But um, anyway, I don't know if that's any different for you. They must be like family. It is. Yeah, I have these little kids that end up fighting. I mean, it's no different in the sense of how much I care or love about these kids but it is different in the sense that it's just the satisfaction to watch the growth that they've had from being terrified to go in their first jiu-jitsu competition or first muay thai competition that we had to gain them experience to watching them now compete in the ufc i mean those things are amazing you just see these baby steps and you see all the trials and tribulations too, you know, not just the success. You see the off the mat stuff and you see the losses that they endure coming up and all that stuff's amazing. I mean, that that's the growth period that we're after. And, and, uh, yeah, there's, there is a different feeling. It's, it doesn't mean that one's more satisfying than the other because they're both satisfying, satisfying, but there definitely is a different feeling. What about, what about your biggest guy right now out there is, is do you think it's Anthony Smith? I would say Anthony Smith. I have uh, I have another guy coming in that it's not official that you guys all know. Um, when it becomes official, I'll absolutely let you know, but he's a huge name as well. Um, but Anthony Smith is the, uh, currently he's probably the most well-known. You know? They're telling me I'm done, huh? Tell look them to calm it down, look, and we're not done yet. Band-Aid. 
<laughs> Tell them we're not done yet. Put, the, put, turn it around. Tell them we're not done yet. <laughs> hey, we're you not done yet. Them, see, cool your jets. <laughs> Tell me about the Kraus kick knee. Tell me about that. Show me the Kraus kick knee, knee kick. Like he yeah, faked so, the kick and then turned it into a knee. Yep. So that's something I've. Uh, Can you show that me. while you're holding your camera or your phone right now? No, but I'll send you a video. Okay. I don't know if they'll appreciate me doing that in the hospital room right now. You know. <laughs> well, thanks for coming, brother. Get out of here. Take care Thank of your you. finger. Appreciate it. All right, good luck. Hey guys, I appreciate your time. Um, thanks for everything. Mark the animal Montoya. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it, man. Good to meet you. Check out the finger, guys. It's good. <laughs> We're good. See you guys. All right, yeah. easy.